Our second reading that we heard from Paul's letter to the Romans is one of the church's suggested readings for funerals, among others. Certainly there's a large selection, uh, but this is one of the readings that the church suggests that we could maybe use for funerals. And when I meet with families, however, uh, they very rarely choose this second reading. Uh, I I often hear, oh, Father, that one's a little bit too doom and gloom. Or uh, I don't really want to talk about sin at a funeral. Or maybe I'm looking for something a bit more upbeat. Now, I I never fault anyone for that mindset, especially in the midst of grief. Uh, But I think that hesitancy or maybe an avoidance to talk about sin or to address sinfulness and brokenness and imperfection speaks to a larger issue. It's specifically maybe the role that we and our sins play in the brokenness of our world. That idea of acknowledging that I am a sinner, and that when St. Paul writes, you know, God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, we, we hesitate sometimes to acknowledge our place in that statement. I think this is because our modern world denies the fall. It denies the fall of humanity, denies the fallen nature uh, of human beings. We, we see a lot of wrong in the world, but in our modern sensibility, it's the fault of other structures. It's the fault of outside structures, things outside of us. It denies the reality that we, all of us, even that person diagnosing the problem, are actually the ones responsible for all of the brokenness we see in society and the universe. And in our modern sensibility, we didn't cause it, but instead we are here to fix it. And a denial of our causality, of the wrongs we see in the world. And I think at the end of the day, that is at the heart of the apprehension that so many of us have to put ourselves in that position of, yeah, I was one of those sinners that our Lord died for. I think of the quote from the British author G.K. Chesterton, what's wrong with the world? I am. It's an important thing for us to acknowledge. And this isn't to beat ourselves up, uh, but we have to acknowledge that as a fact and as a truth. I, I love the, the, uh, the, the little detail from the movie, The Passion of the Christ, uh, when Jesus' hands were about to get nailed to the cross The director, Mel Gibson, made sure that it was his hand that was putting that nail into Jesus' hand. Again, not condoning anything Mel Gibson does in his personal life, but that detail, I think, underscores how all of us contribute, little by little, in our own way, to the cross of Jesus and, by extension, the sinfulness and brokenness of our world. And so our second reading confronts this reality head on. That God in his infinite mercy sees us. He sees us as borderline responsible for ruining everything that he has created. But he wants to fix it. And he provides the remedy for us. Namely, his son. Our God sees humanity as a collection, a flock of sheep without a shepherd. And so that is why he became one of us and also why he died for us. Again, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
St. Paul further goes on to essentially explain that it's one thing to die on behalf of godly people. It's one thing to die on behalf of those who are easy to love for people who are good. It's quite another to die for the ungodly, to die on behalf of wicked people. That takes a whole other level of love and compassion. Think of it this way, brothers and sisters. There are people in our lives who we can identify really quickly who are very difficult to love. You know, for whatever reason, they might rub us the wrong way or personality clash. Could be a coworker. Could be, I don't know, someone you live with that makes really bad puns all the time. Maybe in my situation. I'm kidding, of course. But imagine that you were asked to help that person when they were most in need. And in particular, that you were asked to sacrifice something of yourself on behalf of that person who is difficult to love. Yet it would be much easier if it was someone you liked someone that you found agreeable, it's a bit more of a stretch to do it for that person who we just find annoying. And again, the human race doesn't exactly make it easy for God to love us. We often turn away from him, we sin, and we respond to God's love by essentially spitting into his face. Collectively, we as a human race don't give God a ton of reasons to love us, and yet, brothers and sisters, he does so anyway. He does so anyway. We as a human race have been created for a unique and magnificent destiny, namely life with God, but we have dealt ourselves a mortal blow by turning away from him and the consequences of which are all around us. But our God entered into our human condition. He entered into the visible world and died for us and paid the price for our defiance. And so his action And our participation in it are at the heart of our story, the heart of human history, the heart of our own personal stories. And really, this is the essence of the gospel message itself. That we are, it's what we're confronted with today. When our Lord says that the kingdom of God is at hand. When we say that the kingdom of God is at hand, it means that our lives, our eternal futures, literally hang in the balance. Our eternal destiny hangs in the balance of how we respond to Christ's actions on our behalf. And so to accept his kingdom and his radical love for us requires us to see the world differently than than everyone else. To see ourselves as sinners, first and foremost. To see the helplessness we have wrought upon ourselves, but also to see a God who enters into that helplessness And out of compassion dies for us weak creatures. And a God who wants to give us every possible cure and remedy that he could fathom to save us. So brothers and sisters, let's not recoil at the image presented to us in our second reading today. But see the world as God sees it. Because his kingdom is at hand for us. And it compels us to acknowledge our sinfulness but also to acknowledge the unfathomable love our God has shown us, unworthy as we are to receive it.